The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Pascal Donahue, Minister for Public Expenditure, is going to be with me in about thirty minutes' time. Uh, to talk about a few issues, we will talk to him about uh, energy costs. There's good news on that front today, so I'm sure he'll be happy to talk about that, about child benefit as well, these proposed changes from the ESRI. And we will talk to him about farmers and nitrate derogation levels. So if you were listening to the show earlier, you will know, and Andrew mentioned it in the news headlines there, that the IFA were protesting outside the Department of Agriculture today about these uh, changes. And we heard from some of those who are protesting and lots of people have been getting in touch. 087-1400-106 is the number if you want to join the conversation. But Tyke Buckley is with me in studio. He is Director of Policy at the IFA and Sinead O'Brien is with us as well, the CEO of Swan Sustainable Water Network. You're both very welcome. Um, folks, Tyke, um, if I can start with you, uh, for people who maybe didn't hear what, what Jim Mulhall and others had to say uh, earlier on the show, why were the IFA protesting? Well, there was uh, two reasons that the IFA felt the need to, to go outside Ag- Agriculture House today. First of all, there was the, I mean, serious frustration with the delay in, in some direct pa- indirect payments that farmers are receiving, which are going to be delayed significantly this year. That's the first year uh, you know, that's happened in a long time. And secondly, then the announcement yesterday by the minister that um, the maximum levels of uh, stocking rate under the nitrates derogation for farmers, for livestock farmers, is being reduced from 250 kgs to 220, which effectively means that farmers will be forced to reduce their stock numbers or try and look for extra land, which is going to have a significant impact on, directly on the farmers impacted, which there's over 3,000, but indirectly on, on tens of thousands of farmers yeah. due to the disruption to the landmark. So I, I think there'll be people listening to this, nothing to do with farming uh, their whole lives and, and talk of kind of stocking rates and nitrate mm. derogations is kind of confusing. So I know yeah. these numbers uh, uh, yeah. don't relate, but effectively if you've got 50 acres and 10 cows on it today, after this, it means if you want to keep your 10 cows, you'll need 55 acres or if, well, if well, you, yeah. if you want to keep your 50 acres, you need to go down to 8 cows. A very, a very simple way of putting it if you if you have a farmer that has 100 cows today and they're stocked at the maximum yeah. level they based on this change they will have to either reduce their numbers to 87 cows okay. by 13 cows or look for extra land to still maintain their 100 cows so the issue is that so if they decide to reduce by 13 cows they take a significant income hit or if they go out and acquire more land, that'll cost them money to get the land. But they'll also, you're going into a market, There's no, you can't add land to Ireland. So they go in and, and try and uh, get more land, but they're the most profitable of all the sectors. So they'll generally take it off yeah, other Yeah, so this farmers. is well, because I know tillage farmers who are giving out loads about <laughs> the, the dairy lads next door who are, who are hoovering up any bits of land that come up for rent. So, so if you even look at it in terms of the, the overall state's uh, objectives in the Climate Action Plan, their objective is to increase the area under tillage by fifty-one and a half thousand hectares by twenty thirty, which is a good, uh, which is a, a, I think, is a very good policy to have. But side by side with that, we're now seeing them reduce the the level that farmers can stock at. And just to put it as size wise, mm. we've done the estimations. If if say if all the farmers that have to reduce to two twenty, go out and say I'm going to try and get more land, that's about twenty nine thousand hectares. That's not far off the size of County Louth that you're priming the market with. Mm. And the challenge will be for tillage farmers, for dry stock farmers, for smaller dairy farmers to try and compete with larger dairy farmers or the more economically strong, they're going to be... And what ends up happening is that 
price okay. of land rental goes up. Before I go to Sinead, then are you looking for um, uh, uh, Ireland's derogation levels to remain higher than elsewhere or, or that this would be phased out on a longer term basis? So, so I, What's I mean, the ask? So I think that w- when we were part of the minister had formed a, a, an agriculture water quality group and as part of that, we said, OK, the what we, we are fortunate we have good water quality in Ireland relative to, to European standards at the moment. But I think everybody accepts we need to we need to continue to improve that. So we looked and, was, and said, OK, well, we knew Chagas model to say, well, this is what the impact in water quality is going to be. So we know what it'll, how much it will help water quality. Mm. And we looked and said, OK, what's the alternatives? And we put an alternative plan in place to say, well, let's not look at cutting cow numbers why not instead look at cutting the amount of fertiliser farmers use in terms of the artificial fertiliser farmers use and other methods like that that would achieve the same impact in terms of water quality, positive impact in terms of water quality, okay. which is relatively small anyway, um, and th- but also not have the disruption directly on, on derogation farmers and indirectly on other farmers and smaller dairy farmers or farmers okay. in other sectors. Uh, Sinead O'Brien is with us, the CEO of Swan Sustainable Water Network. Uh, Sinead, what do you make of, of the IFA's ask then? Um, well, I the first thing I think is I agree with you. It can be confusing for the public and for listeners, you know, and we're getting into a lot of nitty gritty. I think it's worth taking a step back you know, to just look at why this is happening. It's not just a kind of bureaucratic move on the part of the Commission. I mean, we have seen year-on-year increases in agricultural water pollution for the last decade since the milk quotas went. Half our rivers and lakes are polluted and two-thirds of our streets. And, you know, agriculture is the primary cause of that. And the science is not very sophisticated. Like the EPA can determine, you know, where that pollution is coming from. And it's very clear that agriculture is the biggest pressure. In fact, it's five times more than sewage treatment, sewage discharges, even though we hear a lot about that. And the EPA, not known for the dramatic language, have said that there's an alarming decline in water quality and that it's linked to dairy intensification, um, which is primarily driving it, especially in the south and the southeast. So I think that's the context for it. And whilst it's not all derogation farms, you know, a lot of those intensive dairy farms are derogation farms. And so I think we've sort of run out of road here. And so we very much welcome the fact that the Commission are standing firm and they're imposing these stricter limits on derogation farms in line with science and in line with the law. Because at a certain point, where all the science is pointing in a certain direction, agriculture is the key water polluter. It's linked mostly to dairy intensification. The upswing in water pollution is linked to the upswing in dairy intensification. Dairy intensification in a lot of cases involves derogation farms. And so there has to be more stringent controls. It's just, it's, it's following the law and it's following the science. And I hope this gives the Irish government the push it needs now to seriously look at the policy failings. This is something I think Tig and I would agree on, although for different reasons. This has been an abject failure on the point of the government, on the, on the, from the government, because as Tig has outlined, we're now in a complete uh, miss. They didn't plan for it. Um, and they need to, you know, um, come up with policy solutions now that will deal with, you know, this widespread air pollution from mm. agriculture, water. Um, and also, you know, as Ty mentioned, you know, issues in relation to climate change as well. So, you know, we, this is, I think this is, in fact, it's only a compromise, we would argue, on the point of the Commission. Because if you look at the text of the, of the, uh, 
commission decision and the text of the nitrate directive, it says there should be strictly there should be no derogations whatsoever unless it does not compromise our water quality, which it clearly is. Yeah. And so if you were to follow the law to the letter of the law, then there should be no derogations whatsoever. And what's happening here is just a slight dropping in stocking density. Ty? Well, I think, say, first of all, um, I mean, I, I'm on the, I absolutely agree that in terms of the water quality uh, uh, challenge that the country has. I think there's a couple... Do you of accept uh, Sinead's telling of that uh, story, which is that there is a correspondence between quotas being lifted, big intensification of dairy, water goes to pot. So, so I think that I would think that that is, that is that it's much more nuanced than that. So first of all, if you... Uh, if we look in terms of water quality, absolutely in terms of the um, from the latter, the earlier part of last decade, pretty uh, from 2010 to 2017, 18, it, there was certainly an increase in terms of nitrate levels uh, in water, groundwater and river water. Um, so, and, and we had a drought in 2018 as well, which elevated the levels further. Now, the question here, well, I suppose where we differ is we're saying, first of all, there's... In terms of like the, the talk that water agriculture is the uh, cause of most pressure, mm. well, obviously it's going to be because the vast majority of the land in Ireland is is in farming, and not and every water body, body travels through agriculture. So I'm just trying to put context in terms of that number, but I'm I'm not for one second questioning it. But where we would differ is that in terms, if you look at what's happened in particularly in the last three or four years, first of all nitrate levels in water have stabilised, probably come back somewhat. But mainly, and if we look at, well, why has that happened? Because farmers have already taken on a substantial number of extra measures. Mm. So what we have seen is that if you look at, say, last year, overall, in terms of level of artificial fertiliser put out, dropped by about 14, 15%. It's going to drop again this year. Yeah. And that's that will have an impact on water quality, a positive impact. But the one other thing I would say, Kieran, is that when you... In terms of from the scientific perspective, it takes, a, it doesn't, if you t- put in measures like farmers have put in, yeah. it, you cannot measure it overnight. So it doesn't happen the following day that you put a measure in, okay, and then it's square. It'll take, it often okay. takes years for it to, to, to impact. So well, we're putting in measures that yeah. we need to see the ones that are putting in that they work first before we go and put in a, a blunt instrument like we're putting in now. Sinead, uh, do we need to uh, allow the, the, the measures already undertaken by farmers to have an impact? Hmm. Well, I mean, I do acknowledge that farmers have put additional measures in place. But the fact is that like a good few of the river catchments in Ireland are absolutely super saturated with nitrogen. And when tides have stabilised, I mean, you know, the level of increase has decreased a little bit. So it's like somewhat decelerated, but it's still increasing. So like we're still going in totally the wrong direction. So the kind of measures that are being implemented are, you know, the kind of piecemeal, they're incremental, and there's no way they're going to get near the level of reduction that we need, like, which is 50% in the barrow, for example, in the Slaney, the Nore isn't far behind us, needs a reduction of 40%. And, you know, the reality of this process is the additional measures that are being implemented are, you know, they're incremental, they're the bare minimum, and that's because groups like the IFA were dragged kicking and screaming and resisted those additional measures. And so they're as little as possible, you know, in the face of very, you know, vociferous lobbying from yeah. the IFA. And during that consultation process, we said that, you know, what the government was proposing, those measures that have been brought in, which are definitely a move in the right direction, were not enough. And so there is no way they were going to achieve what needs to be achieved. And in fairness, like, I do sympathise with the farmers who feel like this is being landed on them now. But on the other hand, the Commission decision came out 
18 months ago in April 2022. And it clearly said, if water quality carries on going down, this standard of derogation in the derogation is going to be implemented. So this is, should not be a surprise to anybody. And if you go further back, the Nitrates Directive, which is 32 years old, said that the derogation shouldn't be granted unless it didn't result in agricultural water pollution or unless there wasn't agricultural water pollution. So the writing has been on the wall for a long time, and I think it gave the agriculture industry sufficient time to develop a system for operating that doesn't result in like heavy pollution, heavily mm. polluted rivers and estuaries. And just a final point I'd like to make, and I do acknowledge that there are farmers that are engaging in very good faith in implementing these measures, but the Department of Agriculture reported last year that 40% of dairy farmers are non-compliant with their storage storage requirements. And that because of that, then, you know, they're having to spread story yeah. out in the closed well, season where they shouldn't, we shouldn't be. So oh, there's farmers cooperating, but equally there's farmers who are not even complying with the yeah. regulations as they stand. Tyg, if, if all this was coming down the tracks, uh, is something of the outrage from the IFA today contrived? Pat so, McCormack of the ICMSA talked about kind of uh, IFA elections looming. So, I mean, and all of this just being inter- internal politics. Well, obviously, I'm not up for election. Um, but in terms of a couple of things, I would say the, the, the uh, decision from the Commission last March, 12 months, which was agreed to by the, de- the Department of Agriculture without consulting with anyone, gave outlined uh, uh, measures in how this was going to be, ad- uh, how they were going to measure the water quality. The point we're making and has been lost in this is we want, if you're putting in measures to try and figure out if these measures are go- having an impact, you need to wait and see it. And the to, to, to say that and to land this all on simply it's derogation farmers and for to think that reducing the stocking rate by 250 kgs to 220 kgs is going to automatically just result in massively improvements in mm. what water quality which is already very good and compared to European standards in Ireland is just it, the science does not say that would stack up and instead there was other ways we could we could come at this and we still need to look at that that we can put in place that won't have the absolute blunt and very very substantial okay. economic impact it's going to have on dairy farmers and other sectors Tyg Buckley Ch- Director of Policy at the IFA and Sinead O'Brien who's CEO of Swan Sustainable Water Network uh, you're both very I'm um, oh, sorry you're both very welcome I nearly said thank you both very much uh, for joining me here on the show huge amounts of people are getting in touch give the farmers a break focus on aviation emissions and air quality for a change somebody else appalling these folks don't accept that we're in a climate catastrophe so views still flying in on both sides 087-1400-106 The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.